I've been waiting 23 years to say that. Oh, look at that. Same it started here. right away this time. Good on you, Audacity. Wow. Don't, don't jinx don't. it. Don't jinx it. Technology, actually. <laughs> oh, not going to jinx it. I'm not going to jinx it. We're just going to start the show. This is the FBI's most wanted. I'm Matt. <laughs> okay, I don't need to go quite that fast anymore. Uh, just didn't. Okay, I had, had to rush past the jinxing part. So. Um, today we're going to talk about <laughs> sorry season two episode. So your mom, like you know what? <laughs> oh jeez. Um, today we are going to talk about season two episode twenty two F emasculata. Um, F emasculata is written by. Chris Carter and Howard Gordon and directed by Rob Bowman. It, it originally aired April 28th, 1995. Um, this episode was inspired by the fact that pharmaceutical companies send researchers all out over the world looking for unique plants and animals that they might be able to harvest for sex medicinal them. use. Um, <laughs> and have sex with it. Oh, God. Now all I can think of is uh, from um, uh, Clerks to uh, Jay going, you know, could have been the first motherfucker on Mars. Someone could have come back here and everybody go, hey, look at that. Homeboy fucked a Martian All I can once. think about is uh, Clerks 2 where he's like, he's like, the guy's about to fuck a donkey with his wiener. <laughs> <laughs> now I need to watch that movie again. It's been a long time. Um. So uh, this episode is uh, a little bit unusual in that. Um, well, spoiler alert. Uh, well, if you're listening to this episode, presumably you've watched the episode, unless you're Justin's dad, who's just listening no, along he's, he's to ca- hear he's, us he's be catching crazy. Up on the episodes now. Oh, good, good. Well, then, spoiler alert, the fucking smoking man is in this episode, which is weird because uh, Chris Carter didn't like uh, standalone episodes to mix with the mythology episodes, and usually the smoking man is only in the mythology episodes. Um, Also of note for this episode uh, is the makeup. because in this episode, uh, the boils on the or pustules or whatever that were on the faces and everything, they were rigged to burst on command by makeup supervisor Toby Lindala. He created a vi- um, He created something that was connected to the fake sto- uh, fake sores by some tubing, and when the device was activated, the Which sores would like explode. 
when so. we get to, like, well, as you see it throughout the episode, it has some really good work. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really good practical Yeah, it effects. is. I'm, uh, makes uh, it a tad bit grosser. Yes, and uh, according to Lindala, uh, apparently filming the scenes with this device uh, that was made was uh, not particularly easy in the scene with, uh, on the bus. Uh, he said, uh, quote, in, I was, uh, what do you say? Quote, I was jammed underneath one of the bus seats with these extras basically uh. stepping on my head. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, uh, X-Files director Frank Spotnitz said of this episode of the, uh, pustules, he said, uh, when we saw the pustule bursting on film, we just laughed because it was so oh my over God. the yeah, top like, grotesque. Some of the, the reactions when it hits people <laughs> is the funniest shit. Yeah, it's we'll talk about it. I told you last week the episode was gross. And then when you texted me when you were watching it, when you just said, man, this episode <laughs> of The X-Files is gross. I just laughed. I was and like, I told you. a ya. lot of gross things. But this movie weirdly made me think of... Uh, Another movie that I will refuse to ever watch ever again, Society, because of how gross it is. I've never seen that. But you know what this makes me think of um, that I think is really fucking disgusting is the people that uh, do the pimple popping videos on YouTube that people seem to love. I cannot. Like... I've seen so many gross, disgusting horror movies, but something about like if it's if it's like blood and guts and everything, like that's one thing. But then when it's like sores and stuff like that, well, I'm like that's call, gonna call him out. I can't dad, do. My dad loves watching those videos. There's like Doctor Pimple Popper on like oh. TV, and he's like, "Oh, it's so cool." Oh. I'm just like, "We're not related." Oh. <laughs> Oh, this is totally off topic, but um, for my job, uh, one time I was um, delivering to like this podiatrist's office and he had like a magazine and on the magazine was a foot, obviously, because it was like a mag, it was like a specialty for the podiatry, like new, you know, it was like a medical journal or something like that. And this dude had this foot that was growing a wart. Oh, God. This has haunted me. This happened years ago, and this still haunts me. You know, like, crystals, when you see, like, like a crystal structure, like, growing off of a... That's what this dude's wart looked like. It was massive, growing off the suit, and it was white, and it looked like crystals. Grow- and I was like... <sighs> it was so... Okay, totally. Oh, God, that haunts me. I still have nightmares about yeah, that picture of I, that. I'm foot. sure I've seen something <laughs> similar to that. I still I still get weirded out with, like, oh. the skin thing where it's, like, people with, like, a, like the symmetrical holes in, like, a skin. Like, if you uh, you probably saw them, like, on fingers or something. Where it's, like, just, just holes with, like, little... I forget what it's called. It's, like, I don't have tryptophobia, which is, I think, the... Yeah, yeah but the, there's something the fear of symmetrical holes. Yeah. Bizarre because I've seen photos of like people with these holes like in their skin, kind of like um, 
how certain frogs like their lar like their babies will pop out of their backs when they're born and leave holes something like that and i'm just like mm. no yeah mm -hmm. Well, yeah, one of the weirdest and strangely gross things I ever saw, and I don't know why this person did this, but it was a picture of somebody that had been, like, kneeling on frozen peas. And when they stood up, like, the peas, like, had left, like, indentations in their knees and some of the peas were stuck to them so it looked like they had stuff like crawling out That's of holes weird. on their legs i don't it was weird it was super <laughs> weird anyway with it, god damn it we'll talk about the x5 now we've gone down a gross shit we've seen hole but that's because this episode's gross um starts off in the rainforest in costa rica uh there's a dude there collecting bugs uh, his name is Robert Torrance. Um, sort of wondered if maybe Chris Carter and Howard Gordon borrowed the name Torrance from The Shining, because it's not a name you hear very often, but I don't know. And this dude, he's uh, doing like a biodiversity project, like just trying to discover new species or something like that. And he comes across this rotting boar and this boar <coughs> is covered in dark purple throbbing pustules and he sees that there's like an insect living in one of them so he like gets out his tweezers and he goes to like take this bug out but the sore bursts and like sprays him with fluid and it's a good thing they went with yeah. clear instead of white otherwise everyone in this episode would have looked like they were getting a money shot <laughs> uh and then by the time night rolls around uh this dude robert torrance he's developed all these boils on the side of his face and he tries to call for help he's like you know this is a medical emergency i need to get out of here uh, but a group of soldiers arrives the next morning. They don't find him until the morning time, Which, and he's already body, dead. Also great practical uh, makeup or prosthetic or prop work, because that was a pretty good dead body uh, for for this show. Mm -hmm. Like having like kind of like the weird open gouge of like of a mouth with like the teeth, like, but still kind of closed. Yeah, because um, those vultures, yeah. I assume, had been at him in the night. Yeah, because he, when he found the boar, it was covered in vultures. Uh, so, okay, here's where... One thing I'll say about this episode at the top, and we can talk about it more at the end when we talk about our final thoughts. This episode is a little bit yep. needlessly complicated. Um, so the, the next scene is, pardon me, at a prison in Virginia, an inmate who is also named Robert Torrance gets a package. And by the way, <laughs> um, I was actually laughing my butt off at this scene because Mark Snow, the guy who did the music, or for all of the X-Files, I don't know 
like if he did this after this scene was edited together or if this was a piece he composed and then the editor set it to this piece. I'm not exactly sure how he did the music for the X-Files, but good Lord, it could not have been more dramatic of just that prison guard marching up the hallway to this cell. Not only that, but the way it was shot too. And they, like, they wanted you to make it feel like he was being mm-hmm. followed when clearly he's not. It's just like, Oh, yep. This is, it was super dramatic, super, I mean, over the top tension building. And most of it was that music. It was insane. Anyway, uh, this prisoner, Robert Torrance, he gets a package containing a boil covered piece of meat, which of course the boil explodes on him and he gets infected and he dies in his cell uh, 36 hours later. And they take the body away. And then two other inmates named Paul and Steve, they get sent in to clean Torrance's cell. And when they strip his clothing, his bedclothes and everything, they escape in a laundry cart. With that particular scene, um, what guard just leaves uh, inmates to their own devices it's like, I'll be back in five minutes. This better be clean up. And not realize they were missing. I don't know how he doesn't know they're... I assume he ends up knowing they're missing because but of what he the... he left them but by themselves I, in a cell. No, and be like, I want this cleaned out. And using the actual thing right there. True, where all but... the clothes go into. <coughs> That's it. Okay, I see what you mean. I'm assuming they cut out some pieces, but what I'm assuming, it, not that I know a bunch about prison, but my guess is if you're in prison and you've been in there for a while and you have like an in-prison job, like say in the laundry room, I'm assuming... Within the prison, you get a certain amount of time. I don't know if you like build trust with the guards or you earn some privileges or something. I'm assuming these guys, since they got sent in to clean the cell, were part of the cleaning crew and just had enough guards. trust built up with the guard i don't know i'm just i'm guessing you know where the guard could be like okay they're gonna clean and you know i can i can go away for a few minutes while they walk down to the laundry room and then i'll meet them at the laundry room or something uh, like that the other torrents the package is a pig leg Mm -hmm. that is a it yeah yes it's a pig leg it's i said it was a boil covered Mm -hmm. piece of meat but you're you're right. It yeah, was just like a literally whole like, pig leg. That was the other thing. Like the guard gives him a package. Most guards don't give packages, especially if something of that big. Like you would think they would look through it first. Well, but it's back in that. Yeah. We can talk about that. Well, we can talk about that as the episode goes on. But my assu- I can't remember off the top of my head. Was it sealed or yeah, had sealed. it been inspected? 
Okay, because uh, as we get into the rest, I have a theory. You're right, it was sealed, and I have a theory about that because I'm assuming the guard In was eye. someone who was yeah. paid. You know what I mean? Paid and was in on it. Like somebody just said, okay, give this to this guy. Here's some money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Cool. Uh, so, you know, the guards escape and Mulder and Scully show up at the prison and they're like, hey, uh, we're here to help. Like when prisoners – well, they were, they were confused because – when somebody escapes prison, that's not an FBI job. They're, you know, Federal Bureau of Investigation. It's right in there. You know, the, the job of finding escaped prisoners is usually uh, local police and U.S. Marshals. And the U.S. Marshals are there and they're like, hey, we're, we were told to come help you. And the U.S. Marshal is like, yeah, that's just, you know, stay out of my, which by the way. We've talked before about my love of Mulder's jokes and how dry they are and they make me laugh way harder than they should. And I laughed real hard in this episode when uh, after the guy that was like the head U.S. Marshal had been like, okay, you can stay here, but like because you've been told to and I don't really have a choice but to let you stay here but just like don't get in the way and then Mulder and Scully talk for a little while and Mulder starts to walk away and Scully's like where are you going and Mulder goes to see if I can also, get in the way fun fact uh, the marshal is, is an actor named Dean Norris I've seen him in plenty of stuff yep. where he always plays pretty much the same yep. kind of character <laughs> Yes, uh, Dean Norris is um, pretty well known as being Hank Schrader in Breaking Bad yeah. and Better Call Saul. And he was also in, oh goodness, he's been in a ton of shit. He was in Lethal Weapon 2, Total Recall, Terminator 2, Starship Troopers. Yeah, he's all over the map. Wow. Yeah, he's a, he's a that guy actor. Uh, also was in Lost. Uh, I think in he was in a show called Under the Dome. Yeah. Yeah, he was so in Under bad. the Dome. Terrible show. I love yeah. that book. Terrible, terrible show. Um, so they're in the, uh, you know, uh, they're there. Scully's gonna go off and do her thing while Mulder goes with the U.S. Marshals, but Scully. Uh, it notices a doctor there. Well, actually, they both notice when they're going in that someone is like being rolled out in a on a quarantine cot and by people in hazmat suits, and they're like, "That's weird. Like somebody must have been really sick." And then Scully sees a doctor, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm from the CDC." Uh, Dr. Osborne, which all I could think of for this entire episode was Norman Osborne. <laughs> Every time they said Dr. Osborne. Uh, and so he's like, I'm Dr. Osborne. I'm from the CDC. Uh, this entire prison is under quarantine. Topical. And Scully's like, yeah, no kidding. 
And Scully's like, uh, quarantine. He's like, yep, the National Guard is here. Um, there's like a flu. He tells her that some of the inmates have developed a strange flu-like disease. Uh, he lies right out to her. And she's like, okay. So what happened? And he's like, she, she basically forces him to let her in. She's like, you know, I'm, I'm FBI. Let me in, yada, yada. And he's like, look, uh, there have been 14, what, 14 patients infected. So far, 10 of them have died. It takes like 36 hours and they're dead. It has basically a 100% fatality rate. And, um, meanwhile, a dude marches up who I assume is maybe with the National Guard, maybe with the other, he's a, just, uh, a, a bully in a hazmat suit who he's like, Hey, he says to Scully, I don't know who you are or why you're here, but you need to get out of here right now. And she's like, no, like. You need to tell me what's going on. And he says, you'll know only what I want you to know. Um, so Scully masks up. Even Scully knows that you got to put a mask on when you're and going you into a dangerous situation, Scully, everybody. Tommy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, if you don't listen to Scully, you're a commie. <laughs> uh, you're just a Nazi hater. Um, and she goes, uh, she puts on her mask and her gloves and she goes and she finds just a pile of body bags next to the incinerator and she cuts it open and she finds Torrance's body and she sees the boils all over him and Dr. Osborne shows up and, uh, he's like, no, no, like you have to get out of here. And she's like, you told me that these men had like something like the flu. This is not the flu and you're burning all these bodies. What are, what's going on here? And Osborne, uh, he goes to try and uh, zip Torrance's body back up in his bag. But one of the pustules erupts all over his face and he's like, and he like runs out of the room. <laughs> and um then meanwhile at um at a gas station i'm trying to this episode cuts back and forth between like yeah. two or three different things going on at the same time so um there's a gas station and there's a family and they get out to go to the bathroom and um paul one of the fugitives he calls his girlfriend, uh, Elizabeth, and he's like, I'm coming, to I'm get coming you, home. Baby. I'm coming to get you. We're gonna we're going on the run. Which first um, of all, a, another no no. If you break out of jail, you don't go flying back to your to like your relatives or people you know. That's the first place they'll find you. Right? Although the marshals no, apparently dumb. are not super good at their job, and we'll talk about We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so, 
while that is going on, uh, the gas station attendant, he goes into, uh, no, wait, no, no the RV well, gets the stolen RV, first. Excuse the me. RV they kill the dude. First. Yeah. They and hop then, in. And then they both yeah. leave after calling, uh, what's her name? And then they go to another gas station right. where they just legit so, don't do anything that other, yes. co- and the other one gets left behind while he was filling gas. Well, Steve doesn't get Steve doesn't get left behind. Uh, Steve, oh, yeah. um, he's in the he's in the bathroom, but he's infected. He's getting he's starting to get the boils on his face. This is after they kill the the dad of the family they stole the RV from, and then they go to the other gas station, and Steve goes in to use the bathroom, but he's infected, and he like sort of passes out. But the gas station clerk finds him, and then Paul goes in, knocks the gas station attendant unconscious, grabs Steve, and hops back into the RV to drive to Elizabeth's house. So that's what... Okay. And then Scully calls Mulder. She's like, look, I don't know exactly what's going on here, but there's this unknown disease, and it's possible that the fugitives have this disease it's got a super short incubation time which means it could spread and kill people very quickly like you need to find these people very very fast before they come into contact with any people any more people and this is when they're at the gas station finding the dead body and then they go to the next gas station and they find the gas station attendant and this is when a helicopter lands, a biohazard team jumps off the helicopter, grabs the gas station. What's that? Yeah, grabs the gas station attendant, throws him into a, um, like a bubble basically, and hauls him off in the helicopter. And Mulder's like, hey, wait, wait a minute. Who are you people? What is going on here? Like no, no one will talk to Mulder. And this is also the same scene where uh, we were talking about how the marshals are bad at their job. Mulder's like, okay, so do you know if they have any relatives? He's like, I don't know. Do you know if any of them have any girlfriends? And the marshal's like, I don't know. Like, it might be in their file, but I didn't even look at their file. And so Mulder goes over to the payphone, calls the operator, and is like, hey... I'm an FBI agent. This is my badge number. I'm tracking some fugitives. I need to know the last number called from this payphone. <laughs> and they tell him, and it turns out it's Elizabeth's number. And they he also gets the address. Uh, so the two fugitives, they arrive at Elizabeth's house. And Steve has a big ass disgusting (laughs) pustule on the side like i understand that this woman elizabeth wants to like make her boyfriend happy and she's like excited to see her boyfriend now that he's out of jail but i would not let that fucking dude in my house i was just like no way no way she gonna up she let him in okay yeah, she just lets this dude in. He's like, she's like, oh god, he's burning up. He has this horrible fever. This, and also, and this is probably like you the know, funniest and, 
moment and grossest moment in this episode because she like he's burning up in the bed and the boil bursts but it's like more like a yogurty like it's more of a solidify like over the top kind of slimish well you know what it reminded me of and this is uh i don't know it might be you know what it reminded me of is do you remember um the opening scene of uh, Ghostbusters when they're yeah, in the yeah, basement I, I of the doing. library and they <laughs> and the ectoplasm is just dripping yeah. off the card catalog. Kind of like that. And it was like in her mouth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it like exploded. Exploded. It went in her mouth. She like screams. She runs into the bathroom. She starts washing her face. Um, yeah, it's really gross. Um, and of course, Steve dies. Uh, and while Elizabeth is like screaming and washing her face, Mulder and the marshals burst into the house and they arrest her. But Paul is already gone. Like he left her behind. Uh, so then they put Elizabeth in a quarantine cell and she tells Mulder, Paul is going to go to Toronto by bus. Uh, which is funny because, uh, this supposedly takes place in Virginia, but it was actually filmed in British Columbia, uh, which is not super uh, uh, Vancouver, just, uh, which is yeah, not super gotta, far from gotta, Toronto. <laughs> just have your your you just have to believe, man. That's what the film's all about. They want you to believe. All right, everybody just heard like a weird jump there. I'll own up to it. I accidentally canceled out my recording, so it's just a jump you're gonna to hear. The left. What's that? I was, I was starting to quote Rocky Horror. It's just a jump to the left. <laughs> just a jump to the left. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so uh, Paul going to Toronto. Lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, Paul going to Toronto by bus. Uh, back at the prison, Scully has found out that the package that was sent to Torrance in his cell came from a place called Pink pharmaceuticals which is of course you can guess by the name a drug developer that's a Victoria's secret a, line that's hmm? a Victoria's secret line woo ah oh, Victoria's secret oh excuse I got distracted um she finds she's inspecting the bodies she finds a bug in the body of the prisoner and Dr. Osborne, he comes in and is like, hey, look, I have to come clean with you. I'm not from the CDC. Uh, actually, me and my team, we're from Pink Pharmaceuticals. And we are researching an enzyme produced by that insect you just found in the body. The problem is the insect has a parasite attached to it that, uh, or 
Is it the insect has the parasite or the insect is the parasite? The insect, I can't... The, the insect has a parasite, and but and the disease can only travel, like, the, it's so bizarre. Like, you can only get yeah. it if it bites you, but if you have it, then you can, like, it can be airborne if it gets in your mouth kind of deal. Right. So, basically, the, the light, the parasite... Um, on the insect makes the boils happen right the the uh, larva travel grow the, inside yeah. yeah they travel through like the pus that comes out yes. and then bore into the next person so anybody that gets the um Anybody that gets the stuff on them gets the parasite and it kills them. And Osborne is like, look, uh, the insect and the parasite, they were purposefully put here in the prison as like an experimental control group. And because you were next to me when I got the pus on me, you may have gotten a little bit on you, which means some of the parasites could have gotten on you, which means you could be infected. And the only way to tell is if I put this insect yeah, on you this and it like <coughs> bites you and takes some of your blood and we have to look. It was weird. I didn't understand it really. Yeah, I wasn't fully on board with whatever. It was very convoluted. I, I didn't. It was supposed to make you feel like, oh, Scully could have it. And it's just like, we've seen Scully mm -hmm. have something like this before. It's not the first time. I already know where this is going. And it's really hard in any ongoing TV show to present credible threats to your main characters. Yeah. It's super hard to convince anybody that you could really be putting a main character in serious... Uh, threat of death. And the fact that they kind of already pulled this, I think at least twice, mm -hmm. uh, especially with Scully, already just yeah. makes it very like it does. It's very watered down. So you're just like, eh, yeah. whatever. And just for the sake of being consistent in our show, consistently ourselves, <laughs> this is the scene where Scully's boobs look really good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, uh, Scully, she puts Osborne out in the hall in one of like the quarantine tents on the cot. And while she's waiting for her test to finish up, Osborne dies and is incinerated in the, she, he gets taken away. Uh, when Scully goes back out in the hall to tell him that she isn't infected, his body's already gone. Um, now here's where this gets really weird, really pointless, really overly complicated as if it wasn't enough already. Mulder is like, all right, there's something really big and strange going on here. This case, why did we get this case? It came to us from Skinner. So he goes to see Skinner and he's like, why did you give us this case? And the smoking man is there. 
For no reason, yeah, really. Hanging out. But it's weird because Mulder kind of assumed he was there because he like goes past Skinner and he just starts looking straight at the smoking man. Like, why did you? Well, because this. Well, because the smoking man <laughs> says something. He he says something to Skinner about why was you know why were we giving the given this case. And Skinner doesn't answer. The smoking man oh, answers. I must have had my head turned briefly or something when that happened. Yeah, this the smoking man answers from over Skinner's shoulder. And because Mulder thinks that he and Scully were tricked into taking the case. He's like, you knew that this was a case about a contagion. Like, we shouldn't have been taking this case. Mulder is like, basically, we should not have taken this case without knowing there was a contagion. And we should have, like, if you knew that this contagion was out there, we should have alerted the public. Like, the public needs to know that there is a public health crisis. Yeah. And the smoking man is like, why? Why should we tell people there is a public health crisis that would create a mass panic and that would do more harm than good? People would get wicked upset and which makes no sense. Like I don't understand the reasoning of why the smoking man says that the idea like People told us that the coronavirus was real and people didn't like immediately go into yeah. hysterical panic and start running everywhere, destroying shit and doing, I, I, it's bizarre. I don't get it. It's, I'll never understand that kind of, that line of thinking. Right. But then this is where Mulder finds out that pink pharmaceuticals is kind of behind all this and is like, all right then we really need to tell people because this is like wicked wrong that this company is basically trying to figure out their stuff about this. They're, they're basically just skipping ethical trials right to human trials and just introducing this into the prison population and all this other stuff. And Scully ends up being like... You know, Mulder, like, maybe we, maybe we shouldn't tell everybody that Pink is behind this. Like, can you imagine if everybody suddenly realized that, like, these companies were, she basically agrees that maybe there would be, like, a huge panic if people realized that pharmaceutical companies were doing these experiments on prisoners or the public because actually the smoking man even says stuff like this happens all the time um so Mulder's like i don't know but i gotta go to the bus station and so he goes to the bus and meanwhile paul gets on this bus and they create this moment of tension like there's this kid who's going on a trip on the bus it's so unnecessary to, to, where they're like where they're like we need to introduce this kid and why is he on the bus you don't need to introduce the kid not only that why in the fuck is this kid going all by himself on a bus to toronto from virginia yeah. without his mom <laughs> so weird it 
makes no sense. He gets on the bus. Paul is already on there with like this, the biggest boil we've seen the entire episode on the side of his face. And he grabs the kid and the kid's like, (gasps) and he's like, what time is it? And the kid tells him and then Mulder gets on the bus and he says, you know, I'm looking for this guy. And the bus driver's like, oh, yeah, there he is. And Paul comes out of the bathroom and he's like disgusting and sweating. And (laughs) that huge ass like looks like he's got like a dinosaur egg growing off the side of his face. And again, like if I was the bus driver or the ticket lady or whatever, he would not have gotten on that yeah, bus. Yeah, I feel like because he had to have, have it be somewhat noticeable by the time he got on the bus. He absolutely did. <coughs> the ticket lady was like yeah, giving him this. He has like this. Yeah, she like pointed at her face like, yeah, it's like this thing here. Yeah. Uh, so... Paul, like, grabs the kid and is like, I'm going to kill this kid and I'm not. And Mulder's like, you're going to. And then finally he's like, I'm going to die, aren't I? And Mulder's like, yeah. And so he lets the kid go. And he's like, Mulder's like, look, you have literally one chance right now before you die. Tell me where that package came from. Tell me, you know, who sent, how did you get infected? What happened? And the marshals shoot him. Yeah. Yeah. So later on, after that happens, Mulder and Scully, they go to Skinner's office. They bring the dead bug and they're like, Pink Pharmaceuticals, they deliberately sent this package to the wrong Robert Torrance. The guy that they found in the jungle that was there on their, you know, the guy they sent to the jungle, his name was Robert Torrance. When he died, they sent this to the Robert Torrance in jail so they could run their experiment. And then when a bunch of prisoners die, they could go, oh shit, it was just a mix up with the mail. It wasn't supposed to go to that Robert Torrance. And Skinner's like, okay, great. Uh, Where's your evidence? You have a dead bug in a package with somebody's name on it. You have nothing. Like, you can't do anything about this. And he just ends, the, the episode ends. He's like, Mulder, just... You need to start being more careful. Situations are going to get bad for you if you're not more careful. And that's just the end of the episode. So This episode really confused me a little bit where Skinner mm-hmm. lies. Yeah. Because um, the last time we saw Skinner, he was very much like helping Mulder and was like, no, mm-hmm. I know what's going on. And this one feels yep. more in line with what he was like in like the beginning of the series yeah Mulder he uh Skinner in this episode kind of says you know Mulder is like what side are you on and Skinner basically says I'm on the line in the middle yeah um you know so we still don't have quite a full-on sense of how Skinner feels about anything but yeah, that's F Emasculata. 
Which, by the way, is the name of the bug. That's what it's named after. F. Emasculata is the name of the bug. Oh, there you go. You learned something today, people. Yeah. And excuse all my coughing. It's not corona-related. I just have a dry mouth. I do, too, actually, so, right now. In fact, I've got my... Gee, Bert, I'm it's... so thirsty. <laughs> Boy, am I thirsty. Boy, am I thirsty. <laughs> uh, so, final thoughts, letter grade. It's fine. Um, feels like a weird filler episode. It's really gross. Um, mm-hmm. I give, I mean, nothing really of value besides you get the smoke. I think it was more just to reintroduce the smoking man back into the picture for a little bit. Be like, he's still mm-hmm. here, but this isn't really related. Um, I give this like a B plus. Okay. Uh, I'm slightly lower than you. Not much. Uh, I said it already. I think this episode's needlessly complicated. Yeah. Like the entire thing with like this came from Skinner's office via the smoking man. It doesn't do anything for the story except uh, kind of do kind of like you said, kind of bring not only bring the smoking man back in, but kind of bring in like the government cover like basically the idea here is that there's people in the government that are basically okay with pink far it's about like disinformation yeah. and cover up but it's it's messy like they try to say basically that the smoking man who is obviously high ranking official in the government of some sort is okay with this big pharmaceutical company doing things unethically um and allows them to do it and which is not a terrible idea it's just not executed in a way that i think is yeah um but the special effects we've talked about it really good yeah that's really that was the big thing that i for the grade i gave Mm -hmm. it was i really enjoyed like the visual effects yep it's it's and it's gross and i (laughs) I think I'm like on the low end of a B kind of bordering on a B minus, but yeah. Next week's episode, however, I remember enjoying, it's been a while since I've seen this episode. Actually, I'm actually looking forward to revisiting this episode, but I remember enjoying it quite a bit. Hopefully my memory uh, matches up to the actual quality of the episode. Uh, Next week's episode is called soft light. Sweet. Yep. So that will be everybody's homework for next week. And we'll talk about that later. So bye, everyone. Later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook 
Tony Longworth, Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. 